Welcome to Time to Write. I'm Emily Robertson. And I'm Amy Kelly. We are professional writers and critique partners. We've worked in traditional and independent publishing, podcasting, and social media marketing. Including my novel, Lifestyles of Gods and Monsters, published by a Big Five Publisher. My long-running podcast, In the Middle of It. And accomplished authors, my business helping authors create an inspiring online presence. We are here to share our creative journeys and encourage you on yours. From the writing process to promoting your work and all of the messy in between. We're here to remind you that your story matters and it's worth sharing with the world. Okay, it's It's time time to to write. write. All right, welcome to Time to Write. I'm Amy. And I'm Emily. And we're so glad that you're hanging out with us today. And we'll start off first with our normal high-low. And so I would say my high of this past week is I got to hang out with my family over the weekend. And by family, I mean like my, um, what wasn't all of my like extended family, my um, family of origin, but my parents and my sister and her husband and their kids and then my son was with us and my nephew was graduating. So that's that's what we were all together for. So it was super fun. Congratulations, Jacob. It was a great, great weekend. Just, um, it was great. So it, it's in a little town that is east, about three hours east of where I live in Texas, a little town called Abilene. And normally it is like fire, like the fiery pits <laughs> at this time of year. It's so hot. But it was super nice and cool. It rained a little bit. So we were out in a high school stadium and got to watch. So anyway, super fun and getting to visit with family and celebrate and all that kind of stuff. So that was good. And then I would say my low is my son had been home for about two weeks in between spring semester and summer semester of college. And he left straight from there to head back to school. So so that would be my low. How about you? Hi is I got to go we went to my sister's house um my parents were there um my cousin was there with her angel baby so I got to spend another weekend with the angel baby so um that was so fun and um my youngest son came with us and it's so fun to watch like there's my sister has twins that are 13 and then my son is 12 and to watch all of them with the baby was like we did this thing where oh my gosh it was so cute like she my cousin wanted to take a shower. This is her first baby. So she brought her in with me. And so I was laying in the bed with the baby sitting. She can't sit up on her own yet. So she's like leaning against me. Aww. And my son was laying there and she was talking to me. The baby was like, blah, 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 blah. And every time my son would pop up and say something, she had that look on her face of like, oh, you're here. <laughs> it is so she had that total baby not having object permanence. So she just was like, she would forget he was there. And then he would pop up and she would be like, oh, well it isn't it crazy babies always love big kids yeah they're always so fascinated yeah I was just obsessed so anyway that was I mean love it fun she's and she's just a total angel um and my low is I so I've just continued been continuing the process of figuring out like what my writing life looks like and um just really trying to piece through like there's uh, people may know there's a lot of tumult in the industry. I've been doing a lot of screenwriting. The screenwriters are on strike. 
Um, there's a ton of just messiness in traditional publishing right now. Agents are, my agent is so great, but agents are all over the place. People's deals are all over the place. And um, just feeling like it would be really easy to say, you know what, like, I don't want to do this anymore. And the truth is I do. I still do. I'm still the person that like, this is my, this is my thing. Like it's, and it's not a hobby. Like I've thought a lot about this. Like I like my hobbies are much easier than this mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Like my hobbies are like knitting and baking and you knit things and you bake things and you give them to people and <laughs> they're happy. And Right. So just going through this process, which I know we all go through. And but the plus side of it is I feel like I, you know, spent the weekend with this baby and I didn't write at all. And then I came home and I was like, oh, stories are still tooting away. So yeah. Just keep going. Just keep well, going, people. And I think I'm just gonna circle back to stuff we've talked about before in the podcast. I really and I can't remember if I've said this on here before. I heard this advice or read it somewhere. If you cannot do it, then you shouldn't do it. Right. Right. And I and I feel like there are those of us who can't not do it. And yeah. Definitely you are one of those people, my friend. Definitely one of those people. <laughs> so those, anyway, yeah. doubling down on and I, of course we haven't really talked about it at all, but the AI stuff is like all over the place. And I just feel like I'm I'm a human being. I write from a really specific human being place. I love making words and putting them on a page. I love, I love the actual work of putting words on a page. So just gonna keep doing it. You'll have to yeah. get sick of me. <laughs> right. Well, and I think that's a good transition into what we're talking about today because I think we're talking um about story. Because right. if we if you're looking at AI or any of you know that kind of stuff that's going on right now, I think the place where we double down is on story. Right. And, and I think our topic today is really what happens when we kind of trip ourselves up, when we get kind of mired down in the craft of our writing versus the story of our writing. Right. So, and, what and I definitely know people and I have had this experience myself. So you aspiring writers or well past aspiring writers, if you find yourself uh, continually like rewriting the same pages or going back or worried about, you know, your writing isn't as good as it could be. I um, subscribe to a newsletter from the writer, Sarah Aronson, and we'll put a link in the show notes. She's totally amazing. I highly recommend listening to reading her. I think it's a weekly newsletter about writing and she's yeah. great. She writes every Monday. Um, she comes out every kids, Monday. Um, kids and teens. And, and she's, I think she has written an adult novel, but anyway, Sarah had this quote. So Sarah said in her email newsletter that she had made this trip to Israel. And while she was there, they were taught by a writer named Edgar Caret. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. And he said this about craft where writers are preoccupied with the craft of writing. I always try to introduce this concept of the badly written good story turning the hierarchy around and putting passion on top and not craft. Because when you just focus on craft, you can write something that's very sterile. And to me, I thought this was such an interesting question. Like what happens if you just go for the absolute best story you can write without worrying at all about 
your words that you're choosing. And so um, I just wondered what Amy's thoughts were about that. Oh, for sure. So I would say for me, especially before I had gotten, you know, I'd been doing critique group for so long where you can kind of see the seams. We've talked about that before. You can see the seams in the story. Um, I would read some really horribly written things that had great stories. Like I was all in for the story. I didn't care that things were, you know, grammar was necessarily incorrect or, you know, there were holes in the plot, you know, whatever. Like if it was a good story, I always wanted to know how does this end? Like, where does it go? Like how are, you know, how's this going to come together? So, and I think we can all say that, right? And, And you mentioned as we were prepping for this episode, like there are really, well-received commercially books that are horribly written, right? And right. not well, that we're going to call if, anything out, but. Yeah, but, uh, but I do, there's an article that I remember reading 20 years ago at when um, the writer Harold Bloom, who's a famous literary critic, wrote this sort of searing indictment of Harry Potter in part because of her adverb, her overuse of adverbs. And I feel like that's a baseline misunderstanding of like why people read Harry Potter. Like, you know, we don't, it's, it's, yes, she has lots of adverbs. I actually, in my opinion, adverbs are a part of speech and we should be able to use them as much or as little as we like, but that's a separate question. The big issue is if you are like hammering on about JK Rowling's prose, you have a baseline misunderstanding about what's what is even happening right what you're doing well and I think that gets into a conversation about genre probably with right. that we, we maybe we can have that conversation have later on, on another day but it's not literary fiction right Harry Potter's not literary fiction so no. you can't hold it up to those expectations but I think the other piece that we were both saying we did not understand as early writers. I did not understand this. I did not understand this. I did not understand that every book you read that's on the shelf has been through multiple, multiple, multiple drafts. And so you can, just because you write something without being concerned about craft doesn't mean you can't come back later and make your prose better. Right. Well, and I would say I actually kind of was a little aware of this because reading the, of course, the I'm dating myself because this was, you know, the stories of my generation, um, but the Little House on the Prairie books and the very last one, which was published, um, she didn't finish it before she passed away. And so if you read it, it is so very different than her other works. Because it's the bare bones. She hasn't gone back through and and added the layers into it. And it's so very obvious. And I can remember thinking that like when I was a kid thinking, oh, she didn't get to finish this. So, so keeping that in mind as we're doing our own writing, like you, you're going to make passes over and over and over and over. And, and it's like adding layers of paint to it and, you know, adding the shading and all that kind of stuff. So. So I would say another question for people to really ask themselves is, are you self-sabotaging with mm-hmm. craft? Because I, this is one of those things like we totally talk about this on the podcast, but sometimes there's a minute to, I just read this book. I think I mentioned it on the podcast earlier, but it's totally worth mentioning again if I didn't. And it's called um, 
what happened to you it's by oprah winfrey oprah. and a psychiatrist whose name i can't remember but she said it's reframing from what's wrong with you right and so i know for me there's a tendency when i get in these traps which i do to be like oh my gosh what is wrong with me and instead to be like well what is happening to me like what am i because sometimes here's the thing like our writing even if you aren't writing directly about like your family of origin or even if you're writing like about a magical school if it's good it's really going to hit on the the truest deepest scariest parts of yourself and it it almost like it has to yeah but that's super scary but it's also like part of the game and so sometimes i think we use craft to cover either that we aren't really doing that we've like written a scene that doesn't have a heart we just keep working it or we're written a scene that's all heart and we're terrified and so if if that's what's happening for you like that's worth some like sit with it journal about it ask yourself like amy has this great thing tell them the thing about the worst thing and the best thing so right so it's and i don't remember where i heard this but i totally practice it i was telling him like sometimes i get super anxious and my brain just plays this movie of like the absolute worst thing that can happen but somebody said if you can imagine that then you can imagine the absolute best thing that can happen as well. So, and, and that's a way to balance yourself. So if you can imagine the worst, stop yourself and then really picture like a movie in your head, the best thing that can happen. So with our writing, it's the, what's the, you know, if your brain gives you all the worst things that could happen, stop yourself. What are all the best things? Like you get an agent, you get published, you, you know, you get to be Everybody on. Loves it. There's a big party. You wear yeah. <laughs> You're interviewed on the Today Show, like, you know, whatever that looks like. Whatever your you. thing is, Amy's, Amy, my things have been clearly yeah. demonstrated here. But, you know, <laughs> you get to go hang out in your Mrs. Miss Rumpiest cottage by the sea and, you know, right. plant flowers. But whatever your thing is. But so that is one place. Sometimes I think sometimes craft is craft and sometimes craft is being scared. So yeah, that's right. another thing to think about. Right, right, for um, sure. So, and, and then the other thing I would add to that, and I feel like this is my thing with story sometimes, is I think what hangs me up is picking a direction to go in the story because I want all the options. And so I think what you can do there, and I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm throwing this curveball in, it's not something that we talked about beforehand, but I think sometimes you just need to commit to a direction to going, knowing that you can always go back and make it go the other direction or another direction, it's whatever you want to do there. Like, don't let it stop you. Like, pick a direction and go that way with understanding, like, this is messy and you might go back and change it. Right. Yeah. And can you write it bad? Like, can you yeah. write it bad? Pick, yes. This is from the screenwriting life. They talk about Meg Lefov on the screenwriting life talks about like, so her, sometimes she would be coaching people and they'd be like, oh, it just feels really sentimental. And she was like, well, no, no, write it. Like, can you write it the sappiest, <laughs> like most schmaltzy version of this? And I'm going to say the same thing. Can you write the worst version of this? Because 
I think you often will find a couple things. The first thing you'll find is there's good stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Because here's it. Okay. So I went to this really cool thing with my mom before like 2021, I guess, like back when everybody thought it was going to be the hot pandemic summer, (laughs) vaccinated summer, and then everything opened up and then it closed down again. So this would be like summer 21 once everybody's vaccinated. I went to my mom with my mom to a really cool meter meeting of writers and artists, all women. I was one of the younger people there and it was so fun. But what was really interesting was people were supposed to write a word on a piece of paper and put it in a hat. And then we passed it all around, but you would draw out someone else's word and say what it made you think. And then the other person would say what it made them think. And there were like 30 women in the room and it was great. But what was so interesting was how nervous so many people were about their spelling. Oh. Because you just wrote the word on paper. And so there, I saw two things. One is people would be like, As they wrote it, they would drop it in and they would be like, oh my gosh, like, just excuse my spelling. And then other people, and this is like, it made my heart actually ache. They would pull it out and it would look like this. Well, I'm not sure what someone meant to write on this. Oh, good grief. And Ah. you were like, oh, there, only you saw it. Like, only you saw it. Like, you didn't have to say anything. And so that watching that happen i think that is often what happens with craft is people get like that and i think that's very generational because all the people doing it were of the age where you know you get slapped with a ruler for misspelling or whatever i have a lot of people in my life who are very dyslexic and so i find that attitude maddening because if you know anybody that's very dyslexic you could slap them with a ruler a hundred times and their brains Mm -hmm. don't work in a way that makes them remember it any more than I can do math quickly in my head. Even if you hit me with things like Mm -hmm. it won't matter. I'm less likely to do math once you start hitting me. Right. Like, but that's, that is the way it used to be done. And so I feel like if you find as you're trying to write this bad that you have sister Mary, whoever, or miss, miss blah, 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 the teacher from fifth grade, who's going to slap your knuckle because of subject verb agreement, you can tell her to go take a seat. She doesn't write fiction. You do. Right. And maybe it's your own voice. It, yes. But, at this point, it's your own voice. She's gone. But You're not just, in sixth grade. <laughs> but recognize like everything you just described him. That's all shame. It's all shame. It's all shame. So just remove any of the shame from it. Like, who, you know, the face that you made, like if you're watching the video, could see when M was kind of mimicking the women who pulled the word out and were kind of like, I don't know what they meant. Like that says more about them than it says about the person who wrote the word. Right. Right. But that also says we all have that voice in us. That's not just them. We all have that voice in us. It just shows up in different places. Mm -hmm. For me, I know like my brain loves to glom on any misuse of it's it's and it's my brain always just notices it (laughs) in a sign or anything and I want to like walk in and be like you use the it's wrong but you know what our rules about it's are stupid they were they don't make any sense so it's totally fine that people you know right and before something goes to publication it will be checked for typos Mm -hmm. and sometimes things slip through I'm sure there are typos in lifestyles but I'm, I'm people have told me but that's the point is for you, our fellow writers mm-hmm. is like, 
that shame monkey that's sitting on your shoulder, that is actively getting in the way of writing your story. Right. And I think it's worth mentioning like that editor part of your brain is very different than the storytelling part of your brain. And it has a place, but you first have to get the story down before you can engage the editor. And, and, and I think, and I heard this somewhere too, like you can't revise an empty page. Yep. Right. And I do think though, when that editor shows up again, like going through the process of, instead of being like, oh God, there she is again. No, no, no. She just wants to help you. She's just protecting you from someone who's going to slap your knuckles. And so we can actually say to her, hey, nobody's slapping her knuckles today. I actually lately have been giving her another job. Mm -hmm. What's her job? It does. I mean, sometimes she just watches to make sure nobody's coming to the door. Okay. Like just, you know. Yeah. She she just needs a job. We've talked about this, I think, in a previous episode. I still have mine taking a nap. Yeah. (laughs) no, I, I have given mine a job. I, I do need to know if someone's coming to the door. So she can tell me that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. she's not involved with the writing. And and you know what? I actually will need her later when I do need to know whether or not my subjects and verbs agree. Yes. Yeah. I'll go wake her up. Yeah. <laughs> but but okay. anyway, so that, so, so we're now getting to our, what, what's our mindset? So I would say it's embracing the messy journey. Like, just setting aside any tendencies towards perfection in this and understanding that this is the road towards the final product, not the final product. So it's going to be messy and just embracing that and just being as messy as you can. And if you're worried, as I sometimes am, that you're going to die in the middle of your project (laughs) and you're going to leave it as a big stinking mess, here's the thing to remember. If you died tomorrow, your family has way more things to worry about nice. than whether or not the thing on your hard drive <laughs> is messy and they will edit it before they publish it. So, okay. I didn't realize we had that same little quirk, my friend. <laughs> that is one of my big fears. It's like the I driving, know. it's the clean underwear when you're in the car crash thing, but <laughs> this is not underwear. This is like your writing. So yes, yes. Exactly. Okay. So that's okay. For practical, I would love for you to spend two seconds thinking about a time when you have been completely swept up in a story that wasn't crafted well. And that Mm -hmm. can be a book. We can all think of a few. I'm not going to name any, but -hmm. we can think of some, all of us, I suspect. Or it can be a song that's like largely ungrammatical. And yet, whoop, there it is. You know, or it can be, I mean, a a movie. Uncle Sam. Who tells great stories without any subject verb agreement. Right. Well, and I'm I'm gonna say something that probably a not not everyone is gonna agree with, but I, I'm just gonna say it. Like I am a complete Swifty, like know every word to every song, like love her stuff, love, love, love it. I love her stuff because it's story. Like mm-hmm. most of her songs or story, or she has a set of songs that are all related. Like there's a, there are three songs on one of her albums that are all, it's telling like a love triangle story. Now, is she Celine Dion? Is her voice like amazingly pure and angelic or, you know, 
No, I, I would say no. Like if you look at the quality of her singing, but I still love it. Like she, she's good enough. Like she's, mm-hmm. it, it's her writing. It's her, right. her story this, that she tell that, tells that just draws me in. So again, yeah, right. And so don't, don't like inundate us with hate mail because we love Taylor Swift. Like I'm not saying that at all, but just objectively looking at the quality of her voice, but it's her stories. Right. And it's not the same. I do like a Taylor Swift. I love a cover, but like, I like hers better. Okay. So next step, what is next? What is so, I would say we've talked about this before. You talked about taking a yellow notepad and just kind of writing out the story part of things. So I would say take a scene from whatever you're writing and do this, like take a yellow legal pad and just write out like you're telling the story to someone. You're not writing it for your book. You're telling it to someone right. just to kind of nail down the story piece of that. And then if that feels good, Go to the next scene. Roll on. Right. And I will say some people, me, <laughs> a long time ago, less so now, hopefully. I used to actually really struggle with this in conversation. I was bad about like not, I was bad about the rambling story that you don't really know what the point is. You know, your cousin, your cousin's best friend. And oh yeah. So if if that's you also like, you can ask yourself before you start writing it, like what's, what's the part, what's the takeaway? <laughs> like, Right. What's the thing? You know, why are people saying saying? So that's and that this is a story for a different day. But but yeah, just write it bad, guys. Just write it bad. Just try. Yes. And I yes. know it's badly. I don't care. Write it bad. <laughs> we we did that for uh creative emphasis, right? Well, because <laughs> sometimes I also do say bad. All right, Amy Kelly, what book is changing your oh, life right now? Oh, okay, so let's see, let's see. I didn't think about, I'll start. about this. Yeah, you I start. I just read the Atlas Six, people. This thing went crazy on BookTok, and there is a reason. It's by Olivia. Olivia? I don't know how you're supposed to say it. Blake. It's actually a pseudonym. Apparently, she got it um, from, like, a fan fiction name generator. But it's, like, a magical school. There's six people in their 20s. Each has, like, a different magical power. And then they found out one of them has to die. And there's, like everybody's there's lots of very tastefully done uh steamy spicy but there's well it's not spicy but it's romantically complicated ah like the alliances often have a romantic component and like there's a telepath and there anyway i it's really good it has a big twist at the end like i really enjoyed it love it love it Okay, so um, I haven't read this super recently, but I would say it's been life-changing, and that is, um, there's an a, an author named Beth Allison Barr, who, okay. she is a, she's a professor at Baylor, and she's written a book called uh, The Making of Biblical Womanhood, and she, her background is, she is a um, Roman historian, and a biblical scholar. And so her take on a bunch of things is just mind-blowingly different than anything I've ever heard before. And I loved it, loved it, loved it. So I would say Beth Allison Barr, look her up if you're, if you're into that kind of thing. So I loved it. I loved it. Yay. 
Right. And um, so I have been hearing from some of you guys in messages on Instagram and some uh, emails to say what you're liking on the podcast, which is great. Keep sending us that to the email address. Yes. Info at time to write podcast.com, which we're going to um, say that in the. Right. But if you button. have things you want us to talk about, if you feel like you really like these sort of craft episodes or you're really like, you know, just let us know. Cause we, yeah, we would love to talk about it. Like yeah. we would love to cater this to exactly what you need. So right. So. thanks for hanging out with us today. Like we hope to see you again next week. All right. Yay. All right. Oh, and we have a Patreon. We have a Patreon. And, um, and that would be lovely if you'd like to support us that way. And also we would be thrilled if you left a rating and review on iTunes. Yes, please. All right. Okay. All right. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for being with us today. We love our people and we want to get to know you better. So email us at questions at time to write podcast.com to have your questions considered for the show. You can also suggest topics by emailing us there. Also drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only will it thrill us. Seriously, we read everyone. It also helps others find the show. We're driven by sharing stories and your review helps us do that. Just remember your stories matter and we're rooting for you to find time to write. Even if it's only five minutes, five minutes, you can do it. You can do it.